Hello and welcome everyone. Thank you so much for listening. This is Embodied Astrology and this is your host Renee. I am a consulting astrologer. I'm a sensate intuitive. That means I feel things through my body and I listen to those intuitions and use them in my astrological practice. And I'm a creative person. I like to make art. I like to write. I like to play in my life. And embodied astrology is a synthesis of all those things. I use this space to think about the ways that astrology provides language for our experiences on earth. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the new moon in Gemini. I am recording this episode on the day of the new moon, June 3rd, 2019. In today's episode, I am going to give you an astro update. I'm going to be talking a little bit about what's been going on in the last week. I've had a lot of people reach out to me asking what is going on, so I'm going to give my two cents on that. I'm going to be talking about... uh, gays, queerness, pride month, happy pride, everybody. And then I'm going to uh, look at the chart of the new moon, talk a little bit about the aspects of this new moon, what's coming up in the next couple of weeks and months. And I'll leave it at that. But I really want to invite you to do the new moon ritual with me, which is a special edition podcast. It is linked to this one, and that ritual is an automatic writing ritual. Gemini, of course, rules words. It rules language. It also rules our minds, our conscious minds, our linguistic minds, and it rules our wingspans, the air in our lungs, our collarbones, our shoulder blades, our arms, our wrists, our fingers, and the way that we can gesticulate and uh, create language through writing. So you'll hear me talk a little bit about why today's new moon is so connected to our intuitive capacity in uh, the upcoming segment. And then please check in with the ritual. The next couple of days are really wonderful times to use this ritual to make your new moon intention, new moon wishes. But the ritual is great for any time. So whenever you have the time, do it. Before I get into all of that, I do want to take a couple of moments and say thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. When you share this work, it helps it grow. Please don't feel shy to forward on an email, uh, to send links and tag me, tag friends, click hearts, click like buttons. Whenever you make comments on any of the posts, um, it drives traffic. That is really one of the best ways to support embodied astrology. If you love embodied astrology, please share it. Um, Also, Gift Embodied Astrology. If you have something to gift, uh, let me know. I've been receiving some amazing gifts recently. I had someone send me a little herbal care packet. Had someone else give me a massage. Oh my God. These kinds of things just really, you know, keep me wanting to keep coming back. And if there's anything that you want to share, um, let me know. And of course, you can always share money. Um, I produce this podcast. I've been able to hire a couple of people to help me in the recent weeks. Um, All queer folks, all femme folks, and that's who your money is going to. So if you have any dollars to share, please consider making a one-time donation or sign up to become a subscriber. You can subscribe by donation at any amount per month, and 100% of your subscriptions go to sustaining this work. And as a subscriber, you get uh, free monthly 
really expanded report. So you get this PDF that has all kinds of information about the upcoming month, the astrological aspects, the lunar cycles, suggestions for how to work with them. And you also get a recording with the expanded forecast. And you also get pretty major discounts on everything that I offer, including birthday reports. Birthday reports are available um, for Aries, Taurus, and Gemini. And pre-order is available for the rest of the signs for 2019 and 2020. So check all that out at embodiedastrology.com. And I want to make a special announcement that I am offering a retreat later this year. And I would love to see you there. So this retreat, September 29th through October 2nd, is going to be at the Southwester. And the Southwester is an amazing space. It is queer, female-run. Um, it's a vintage travel trailer park and lodge in southern Washington. It's right over the coast from Oregon. Um, it is on the coast. And it's very affordable, this retreat. Accommodations are 50% off. Um, it is midweek. It starts Sunday. It ends Wednesday. So if you can make that work for yourself, um, accommodations are 50% off. Your retreat cost includes a dinner and also three days of embodied astrology with me. And we're going to be working on Jupiter's transit in Capricorn that starts in December, really kind of visioning into what we want to build and manifest in our lives. Um, and all of our goals and intentions for the upcoming years, but especially 2020. And if you've been listening to Embodied Astrology, you know that 2020 has some pretty amazing and exceptional astrology coming up. A lot of opportunity, also a lot of change. So if you're interested in learning about astrology, learning how to work with your chart, we're going to be working very personally with our own charts and working with astrology from an embodied and, and creative and intuitive space. Check it out. Every single day we'll be um, doing body work meditation, movements, art making, and then we'll also be looking at charts and having conversations and learning astrology. You'll be hanging out with awesome people. There's a sauna, you're right on the beach, and there's going to be great food. So all that um, on my website, embodiedastrology.com. Check it out. All right, everybody, let's get into this astrology. Happy new moon. Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. All right, so as I mentioned, I wanted to just begin with a little bit of an update. First item on the update, it's June. Happy Pride Month, everybody. I want to give you a huge, psychic, big, gay hug. Hello, happy Pride. I would just like to echo the sentiments that I read and see in so many places, which is that uh, Pride should be all the time. 
not just one month. I truly believe that queerness is healing, and I think it's natural. I think that people exist in a spectrum of possibility, and that queerness can move into so many different aspects of our lives. It's really not just about sexual preference. It's really not just about gender presentation. It's about how we relate to relationships. And part of the shit that we're in right now, part of the oppressive construct of white supremacist capitalist patriarchy is a disruption of our natural capacity to love and experience erotic pleasure with a a huge and vast spectrum of experience, not just even with other people, but with our own bodies, with the environment, with the sunlight, with uh, so many different aspects of nature. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's something very wrong with imposing um, sexual activity without consent. There's something very wrong with giving people stories about moralism that if they feel particular urges, then that means that they are a bad person. What do you think would happen if we totally changed uh, the mental construct that's been put around sexuality and gender, or even preference or eroticism? I mean, it's so much, like I said, so much bigger than just fucking. Um, And talked really openly with children about consent. And uh, a multitude of vastness of different preferences and possibilities. What would happen if sex ed started quite young and uh, some of the first lessons in sex ed were teaching people about their own bodies, about their own body mechanics. Hey, you've got these organs and they can produce pleasure in your body and they are yours. They are yours. And if anybody else wants to play with them, they have to have your permission. And if you want to play with anybody else's, you have to have their permission. Why? Because it's better that way. If we started sex ed with body awareness and consent. And somewhere along the line, if there was a really open conversation about kink, um, I think that this is one of uh, the most interesting aspects of people's sexuality is that they can, you know, we are an amazingly creative species and there can be so many things that produce pleasure for people. All kinds of things. I'm not even going to get into the list. There are so many things. Um, and when there's a healthy expression, a consensual expression, when it's something that is allowed for people to play with, then it's incredibly healing. Um, when we're closeted, when we're shut off from our own experiences, when we think that we're bad, uh, I think that can produce um, some kinky experiences for folks who get off on shame. But a lot of people are suffering and feel like there's something really fucked up with them and feel like there's something really wrong. And what happens when people are shut off from their erotic energy is that they become unhappy and resentful and the the charge of energy that they cannot express or that they feel so much shame about turns into a tidal wave of toxicity. And this then comes out in relationships. It comes out in oppression of other people. I mean, how many times have you looked at 
whoever, you know, whatever example it is of some person who's uh, particularly bigoted, and you thought, I bet they're a closet homo, or I bet that that person is so da 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 da, some story about what they can't express in themselves. Mike Pence is a good example, if you're familiar with Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States right now. He won't even have dinner with a woman who's not his wife. So much fear around uh, women and sexuality and what might happen. How much has been blocked for Mike Pence because of that and how much he now puts his efforts into blocking and uh, shutting down anybody else, anybody else's expression of pleasure, anybody else's bodily autonomy. So I want to say happy fucking Pride Month. Um, There are a lot of places in the world that are really taking some good steps towards queerness, towards queer acceptance. We've got a long way to go. There are many places in the world, including in the Western world in the United States, uh, where people who are not living into heteronormativity are hunted um, and their lives are constantly in danger. And especially people who are not living into the gender binary, if they're living somewhere in um, the truth of their own experience, which I think for most people is not on one end or the other, but for the folks who really feel themselves as trans, as non-binary, that they cannot pretend, there's no reason for them to pretend, they have to express themselves, this should be something that we celebrate, I think, something that we really elevate and center as a possibility model. Um, but many of these folks live in fear for their lives every single day. So with this Pride Month, I just want to um, big up the queers out there. Thank you for expressing yourself. And to all of you who feel yourself as straight, um, if that's how you're identifying right now, uh, love to you too. And just consider the possibilities. Consider all that there is in the spectrum of your experience and maybe lean into it a little bit. Um, I know that as a person who kind of grew up in a pretty liberal community, um, comfortable in my female body, comfortable in a, a femme identity, and pretty comfortable with gayness, um, had some examples, didn't have any there are not too many, you know, um, negative messages coming at me around that. I still didn't quite realize um, how queer I was until my mid-20s. And in this last decade plus of leaning into this identity, my life has gotten so much better. It's gotten so much better. I've been able to open to all different kinds of love to intimacy with friends that I never was able to experience before as a um, somewhat straight identifying woman. There's a lot of mm, really negative story attached to straightness. And especially for people with vaginas, um, one of the hugely negative stories that we get um, put on us is around competition with other women. And since opening to my own queerness, I've been so pleased to find that there are so many ways to love and express love um, with other people. And 
like I said, it's not all sexual. A lot of it is just opening my mind to the possibility of non-competitiveness, of deep intimacy, of friendship, of appreciation, feeling like I get to be myself. I get to live in the body that I live in. I don't need to change it. I don't need to constantly mess with it for somebody else's um, gaze and standards. And I imagine that the same goes for um, male-identified, male-socialized people. And I just want to say, you know, give it a try. Lean into it. There's a lot out there. And even if you still feel straight. Um, One of the great things about queerness is the lack of protocol, since we're already doing something different. Um, And this, I want to just take a minute to squeeze out a difference between gayness and queerness, that there's the possibility to be gay, homosexual, and still be quite straight or normative in the sense that There can be pretty defined gender roles within same-sex relationships, and there can definitely be the same kind of hang-ups around what a relationship needs to look like. There can be pretty similar boxes. Queerness is leaning into the wide-open expanse, telling a new story, recognizing that the old story about one man, one woman, or two people, you know, together forever, needing to act in particular ways. That's just one story. That story has been developed um, really, I think, as a mechanism for fear and for control of our bodies. If it's possible to remember that we don't own one another, that we don't own one another's bodies, and that we are all living in a constant state of evolution, and we can explore that, And just because your partner wants to explore something doesn't mean that they won't love you anymore. This is not a vote for polyamory for everybody, but it is definitely a deep desire for all of us to put down the chains and break out of the boxes of monogamous normativity. Mm, Even if that just means conversations, just conceiving of the possibility that we are allowed to be human beings in bodies that experience pleasure and attraction in many, many, many different ways. Just that alone, I think, could stop war, you know? If we can uh, connect to our erotic pleasure, there is not as much need to buy shit. In general, people are happier, not as much need to uh, take drugs, because they are suffering from somehow being shut down or shut away from their natural instincts or deep desires or intimate connections where they can love and be loved as they are for who they are. If we are in touch with our erotic pleasure, we tend to be more in touch with other kinds of pleasure, like what we want to do with our lives and what kind of food we want to eat and how to be compassionate and tender with all kinds of relationships, including our relationship to the planet. So I believe it's a goddess-given right to uh, have a body that experiences pleasure and that really the thing that we need to learn and that we need to teach is how to access our bodies and what consent looks like. So happy Pride Month. Lots of 
Gemini queers. Uh, happy birthday, Prince. May you rest in peace and uh, may you come and bless all of us with your purple fabulousness. Moving on. Guys, uh, gals, folks, this last week has been quite a week. Um, some pretty tender and I think um, the feeling that I have for this astrology in this last week has been unearthing um, and maybe re-earthing, <laughs> unearthing, re-earthing. The main astrology that we've been kind of working with in this last week, and I, I really want to mention this because I've had a number of people reach out to me um, on Instagram, through email, in person, and ask, what the fuck is going on? I feel so anxious. A uh, lot of anxiety in this last week and a fair amount of grief. And then some people are killing it. They're having a really great time. Um, but energy is high and energy also feels a little bit ungrounded right now. So in the past week, we've had a number of aspects uh, being formed by Mercury in Gemini and Venus in Taurus. And these two planets have been aspecting the same planets, but in different ways. So let's start with Venus. Venus is currently in Taurus. This is one of the signs of its rulership, their rulership. And Venus, of course, the planet of love, is in the sign of sensuality and abundance and body. And so Venus in Taurus is helping us connect with our inner knowing, with our embodied intuition, with our very practical needs and wants. Um, Venus in Taurus needs to move slow, and I would say that Venus in Taurus cannot lie. So if something does not feel good, there's not any way to make it not feel bad. <laughs> and this is the thing about Taurus, speaking as a Taurus moon person, you know, that if something doesn't land right, if it doesn't feel correct, it's just going to be this kind of nagging problem. It's going to be this irritation. So Venus and Taurus is helping us connect to our embodied knowing this is right for me. Uh, this is not right for me. It's a clear yes, clear no. Venus and Taurus are patron goddess of consent. Um, Venus formed a trine with Saturn on May 31st. This was last Friday. And uh, just yesterday, the day before the new moon, on Sunday, June 2nd, Venus formed a trine with Pluto. As you know, Saturn and Pluto are traveling together through Cardinal Earth, the sign of Capricorn. Venus, of course, in fixed Earth, Taurus. Saturn and Pluto are in a dance all year. And uh, this summer, this dance is uh, quite an interesting dance. They're both retrograde. They're both moving um, with the south node. There's a sense with Saturn-Pluto coming together, um, as they will exactly next January, that we need to take control of something. And in order to take control of something, we need to know what it is. And the clarification process is one that requires a certain amount of contraction and th things need to be cut away. 
Pluto is a killing force. It's also a transformational force. Saturn wants sustainability. Both of them together ask us to let go of what is not serving us in our lives so that we can commit to a long-term and um, integrous process of living into what is correct in our lives. Capricorn is a sign that encourages alignment. Venus and Taurus trying to Saturn and Pluto this week is bringing some intuition forward. This needs to end. Something needs to change. If it's not bringing intuition, then it's bringing experiences themselves. Things are ending. Things are changing. Some of us are experiencing this with a sense of ease. Some of us are experiencing this with fear. Some of us don't know what we're experiencing, but we are feeling these deep structures of our lives really starting to shift. We are sensing a very profound power that is coming through, um, but we're not quite sure what it is, and so that can create some anxiety. Venus was also in conjunct um, to Jupiter Uh, on the 1st, on June 1st. And Jupiter in Sagittarius, a year-long transit, um, a lot of information is coming through, a lot of high wisdom, high teachings, but if we're also paying attention to the world um, in any capacity, it could be just outside of your face, you know, but uh, any kind of capacity, external information could be very overwhelming with Jupiter in Sag. And uh, Jupiter is in a months long dance with the planet Neptune. It's squared in Neptune right now. And um, this square, Jupiter and Neptune, um, it can create a fair amount of anxiety and a fair amount of confusion. And part of the anxiety and confusion is that things don't feel clear. And one of the um, kind of biggest sensations that surrounds this new moon, I'll get to the new moon chart in just a minute, is this feeling of things aren't clear. And that's really why this offering today to connect with the liminal, to connect with the unknown. Um, for an intuitive ritual, because things aren't clear right now. We're in a moment of huge change on the planet. There is no way that we are not changing. Um, Our environment is changing. There's so much change that's happening societally and politically. Big elections just happened in Europe. Um, The circus of United States politics just, you know, continues to be what it is. Um, a lot of of stuff going on for people in their personal lives, a lot of content coming through. Um, I think a lot of folks really recognizing that they want to live in alignment, that they want to be themselves, as I was talking about just a moment ago, maybe that they really want to open to their erotic nature. And that doesn't um, have any limit to it, but it's like, I need to be more connected. I need to be living in a way that I actually give a shit about. It was a really big theme for Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn. What actually matters? And as we ask that question, we have to be prepared for things to fall down and fall away because all of us, every single one of us, um, has to give our time and attention to things that we don't really care about. Some of that is necessary, uh, it's survival, but plenty of it is not necessary. 
And Jupiter with Neptune is, is asking us to um, measure and weigh the possibilities with the actual path. And uh, both of these planets want expansion. It's our job right now to feel into the spiritual expansion, into the sacred expansion. There are a lot of ideas. There might be a lot of um, kind of arrows, you know, that we're wanting to shoot off, directions that we want to go in, stimulation that we feel like we need to respond to. But if something doesn't really resonate as right, um, if we if we start to go down that path, it's going to create anxiety. And if we're in a place where we don't know and we're, we're asking questions, that's not at all a bad place to be, but there's some anxiety in there. Mercury this past week has been forming aspects to these same planets. So on May 30th, uh, Mercury was in conjunct to Saturn and opposite to Jupiter. And so Mercury in Gemini is the sign of the mind, excuse me, the planet of mind in the sign of its rulership, um, opposite to Jupiter and Sagittarius, the planet of opportunity and big ideas in the sign of its rulership. So both of these planets functioning very strong, stimulating the Gemini-Sagittarius axis. And this, again, for some, so exciting. Opportunities are coming, you're moving fast, you're making connections, you're ready to go. And some of us, uh, holy shit, hold on to your hats. What do I do with all of this stuff? I feel overwhelmed. Along with the square with Neptune, there might be a, a sense of like, I can't even think right now. There's so much stimulation. For me, it was like this all last week. I felt brain dead. I felt like, oh my God, I just, I can't even turn my brain on. All I could do was sleep and try and clean my house. And that's not a bad thing to do with this aspect right now. We definitely want to um, move slow, get in touch once again with the intuitive sense, um, connect with more of a spiritual experience. And if you are a person who's not experiencing these transits with a lot of excitement and pleasure, um, sleep is great. Rest is really good. Meditation is good. There does not need to be clear answers right now. For most of us, uh, there are plenty of things that don't feel clear. On the 31st, Mercury formed its in conjunct to Pluto. So Mercury in conjunct to Saturn and in conjunct to Pluto is part of this feeling of like, my brain isn't working. Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn, once again, they're serious in their tone. There's a somberness, uh, potentially a, a feeling of grief for some of us, or a feeling of intensity. At the very least, we might not be able to place what it is. Both Pluto and Neptune, these outer planets, have um, a cultural connotation. They are connected to the era, to the time. And we're sensitive beings. We're sensitive to the world around us. Um, and we don't even need to know why or what's going on. But if you're feeling like you just need to stay in bed, I feel you. I'm with you. Um, do that as much as you can. Just know that these next couple of months as we move into a Mercury retrograde, as we move into eclipse season, 
are bringing a lot of change. There's more and more stimulation that's coming in. Um, if we're in a place of thinking that we know something, we're also in a place of setting ourselves up for potential anxiety because the things that we know are shifting and they're shifting rapidly. So it's a really good time to take one step at a time to begin your days by even just five minutes of connecting to your body, connecting to your purest intention and really trying to move carefully one step at a time you don't need to make your plans for next year right now I know some of you feel that you do and some of you are um, including me but there's also a real feeling that I have right now of all of these plans could change and I want to be open to that I don't want to get too attached to things working out in the way that I think that they are going to work out um, because things are changing so that brings me to today's new moon. Today's new moon at 12 degrees of Gemini. It's a special day for me. Um, I have a lot of Gemini Sagittarius in my chart. Maybe you can tell. Um, but at 11 degrees of Gemini, uh, I have Vesta in my chart. And so I feel a very deep devotion to this sign. I feel a very deep devotion to words and to language as a healing possibility of Chiron and Gemini. I'm part of that generation. So yes, I feel invested and committed to healing in the mind, healing through words, healing through language. And that for me is my intention for this new moon. And I would invite you to share it. Gemini, of course, rules words, it rules language, and it rules the mind. If you're unfamiliar with Gemini, please listen to uh, the last podcast I put out called Meet Your Mind. It's a forecast and a uh, month ahead look at Gemini season. And you can also listen to your horoscopes for Gemini season and you'll learn a lot more about where Gemini is in your chart. And that might help you contextualize this new moon because a new moon is always a new beginning. The sun and the moon are coming together. In um, body astrology, the sun and the moon are our right and our left eyes. And there are two primary lights, the luminaries. Um, they form our main experience. And our main experience as human beings with brains is contrast. There's daylight, there's nighttime. There's this way, there's that way. What our minds do is compare. And that's really the strength of the mind, is to compare, to discern, to put language around something. But when the mind is elevated as uh, the only way of knowing, our experience becomes pretty boring. Um, and that's really the era that we're in, I think. The Kali Yuga, the age of mediocrity. Human beings thinking that they are supreme, that their minds know everything, and that, uh, you know, language is God or something like this. Like we've forgotten how to connect to our intuition and real sense of sacredness. PSA, sacredness is not religion. Religion is a box. Religion is a story. Sacredness is an experience that everybody has in their own unique and special way. So new moon intentions for Gemini May we experience the healing power of words. May we learn to connect with language as a function that can heal, 
the gift and the beauty of language is that when we can describe our experiences, we can validate them, we can share them, we can uh, look into them and inquire into them in a different way than when we cannot articulate them. Um, may we heal in our minds. May we heal false binaries. May we bridge the gap. May we um, explore and celebrate our natural state of childlike curiosity. This is the Gemini archetype of the curious ones and uh, the twins, those who share communication by whispering, hey, did you see that thing happening over there? I've got a story for you. The sparks of curiosity that lead us to new discoveries, to new ideas. Uh, May this fill our new moon days. So today, um, June 3rd, is the day of the new moon. And uh, as I release this podcast, we're just a couple of hours out from the new moon. The next 48 or 72 hours are wonderful times to begin this new cycle, to set your new moon intentions. Um, And you make an offering to the dark moon. And the dark moon is the time when things are not illuminated. So we don't really know what's there. It hasn't grown into a form that we can identify and articulate yet. We have to feel into it with our sensate awareness. And as I mentioned in uh, the last podcast, Mercury and Gemini, um, when they're lifted to their highest vibration, are correspondent with the planet Venus. And Venus, of course, is the planet of love. And so these last, uh, this last week with all these aspects between Mercury uh, and Venus with Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter, one of the, the ways I think we've been being challenged is to move from our minds into our hearts. We might not know with our minds, but if we can connect to our hearts, we will know what we need to know in the moments when we need to know it. When we shut down from our hearts and our minds take over, generally we don't make great decisions. Being in the heart does not mean being in the emotional fluctuation. It really does not. That's something that's different. Being in the heart is being centered It's connecting to your true nature, to your higher self. Um, Today with the new moon, we are still very much in and being affected by Venus trying to Pluto. And I want to call in that energy for our new moon intentions and new moon ritual. Pluto is the dark goddess, the planet of death and transformation and rebirth. Everything that comes into form must die. That includes all of our relationships, our bodies, all of our possessions. The planet itself has gone through so many lifetimes, so many cycles. We have to trust this process. We have to trust that regardless of uh, what we might think about it and the moment-by-moment experience, there is some kind of divinity. There's some kind of order. There's some kind of sacredness in all of this. And that sacredness could be in the star stuff. Um, But it's really not up to us. It's not in the realm of our control. 
And so we call Venus trying to Pluto as an energy in to support this moment. We do not know. The most that we can do right now is really land as fully as possible in our present experiences, in our bodies, in our relationships. We can take deep breaths. We can try not to get caught up in the stories. This is how Gemini reaches its high vibration. It doesn't get caught up in the stories. It doesn't get caught up in the comparisons of mind. We rest into the truth of our hearts and into the truth of our bodies. There are no exact aspects from the sun or the moon today other than to each other, but there is this fading uh, square from uh, Mercury to Neptune, and there is an applying square of both the sun and the moon to Neptune. And so pretty much right now, in a couple of hours, the moon will form its square to Neptune. In about a week, a little under a week, the sun will form its square to Neptune. And again, Neptune and Pisces connecting us to our intuition, to the dream space. I've really been enjoying thinking of Neptune and Pisces as Maya, as the illusion and the dream that we're living in. And Gemini loves the facts, loves the information. Um, The square presents a challenge. We have to see beyond the immediate information. We have to see beyond what our minds can grasp and somehow connect to this larger intelligence, what I'm going to call a sense of sacredness. And you can call it whatever you like. But there's... um, very much a challenge right now to connect with with a sense of intuition and to trust that intuition. And the challenge doesn't mean we can't do it. In some ways, it means we must do it. We are pressed to do it through the square energy. It creates a dynamic necessity. Tomorrow, Mercury will move into the sign of Cancer. And as Mercury comes into Cancer, we're supported to give voice to our feelings, to talk um, about what's really in our hearts and uh, quite personal. We're supported to communicate to those that we love and to put language around our bonds. Cancer can be very sensitive, and if it's feeling sensitive, if it's feeling threatened or fearful, um, cancer can definitely put up a wall. And so with Mercury and cancer, we want to be curious about the ways that we shut down. Um, Definitely the walls between the mind and the heart is something that uh, cancer can do a little bit. So good things to pay attention to over these next coming weeks, especially because as Mercury enters cancer, we are starting to move into Um, Mercury retrograde, the next cycle. So the shadow of Mercury retrograde will begin on June 20th. And the shadow is when Mercury starts to traverse terrain that it will have to come back to in its retrograde. Mercury enters Leo on June 27th. It turns retrograde at four degrees of Leo on July 7th. It'll move back into Cancer on July 19th. It will come all the way back to 23 degrees of Cancer, and then it turns direct on August 2nd. It's my birthday! And then the shadow ends on August 15th. So as Mercury moves into Cancer, we are entering into one of the phases three times a year when the mind is really needing to turn back on itself, to um, stop the forward-moving 
momentum for a hot second and consider options, consider choices, and intent. Between the influences right now from Pluto and Neptune in this upcoming retrograde, there is so much uh, unknown. There's such a huge feeling of change and these kind of big forces that, again, are totally outside of our control. Eclipse season is coming up next month in July, and um, lots, lots is changing. This is the time to connect with our higher selves, with our intuitive selves, with um, the gods and the goddesses and the spiritual friends and our allies, our ancestors, our guides. This is the time. This is also the time to connect with each other joyfully, with curiosity and um, friendliness, Mercury and Gemini, Mercury and Cancer. So that's my intention for this new moon. And I'm going to move into the ritual, the new moon ritual for connecting with higher wisdom, connecting with the higher self or intuition. And this ritual is an automatic writing ritual. And it really is for the astrology of today, particularly these aspects with Pluto, particularly the aspect um, with Neptune. As I mentioned, mental energy feels kind of unclear right now. And for me, this practice um, of connecting intuitively through the the hands, um, hand-eye coordination, words, drawing, shape, language is very relieving. It's very pacifying to me when I'm in a space of anxiety or feeling like I don't know things or um, like I should know or something like that. And it's a really great exercise for connecting with your intuitive capacities. And it's something that I uh, have used a lot that I continue to come back to. um, So I really hope that you enjoy. And If this is it for you today and you're going to continue on making your own ritual for this time, this day, this place, may it be a blessed day and happy pride. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Bye for now.